Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Before I start this week's episode of Behind the Glass, let me tell you quickly about a new sponsor that has come on board, Active Digital. We are always so grateful when people want to support this podcast. And Active Digital's co-founder, Richard, is an insanely interesting car guy. When you find out some of the cars he previously owned and some of the cars he currently owns, I think your minds will be blown. So Richard's actually going to be joining us for a special episode in the weeks ahead. But Active Digital, actually a business mobile provider, an award-winning business mobile provider, a brother and sister organization, they've been providing mobile and digital solutions for over two decades, giving clients a wealth of knowledge and expertise. As an Apple reseller, Active Digital provides mobile devices, iOS apps, and cloud services to UK organizations, including the GB Olympic teams. Uh, They work closely with UK mobile networks, and in 2020, they were awarded the Telefonica O2 Director's Choice Partner of the Year. Now, excitingly, they've decided to give away a set of AirPods Pro to one lucky behind-the-glass listener. So all you have to do is head over to the Active Digital YouTube channel and leave a comment on their latest video saying, Seen Through Glass sent me. Then a winner will be picked at random and announced in a later episode of Behind the Glass. So yes, huge thank you to Active Digital for their support. I cannot wait to get Richard on so he can talk to you about some of the incredible cars in his garage. Please do go over, check out the YouTube channel. If you have any business mobile needs, they should be able to sort you out. But don't forget to enter that giveaway for a set of AirPods Pros. Anyway, for now, on with the episode. Hello one and all and welcome to Behind the Glass, the podcast which aims to take you behind the scenes of the YouTube channel Seen Through Glass as well as the automotive and social media worlds. I'm your host Sam from that YouTube channel Seen Through Glass and alongside me as almost always it is Mr Tony from Gravelwood Car Sales. Yeah I'm back. How are you doing? Alright how are you? You're back in my flat. I know yeah. Still not in the studio. <laughs> no which I'm glad you've got no eating in there. Yeah well but the builders are going in next week. Are they? I think when we finally get into the studio and start making episodes, that should be season four of Behind the Glass. What? 2022? (laughs) I told you, the builders are going in next week. What I mean is that should represent a new era, the next dawn. Because if you think about it, we have had seasons. Season one, when we smashed the podcast. Season two, when it fell apart and I went away. You went away. Season three, which I think we've done quite well. This is episode 20 something. I probably should have looked that up. It's mid-20s. We've done all right this year. We, we have to, we, I think we've done more this year than we did any other year. I think you're right there. Yeah. It's been more um, consistent, though, I guess, the it's, one I was thinking it, of. Uh, I mean, it's not a series, mate. It's like a soap. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> the drama. Uh, I mean, how many how many episodes how many episodes have we got in this series? I say mid twenties. I, I I lose track. But is it, a series the calendar year? Well, I don't want it to be. Oh, as I say, I want it repre- I want it to represent moments in our life, Tony. Okay. <laughs> chapters in the periods of our lives. Okay. And I think when we finally move into the studio and everything's set up, because some of the plans which I have from place which you don't know about yet, will, you know, it will feel and look different. Okay, good. Um, and I have to say, it's largely thanks to the patrons. Yes, we are here again to thank, got to applaud, to lo- we've got more. They just keep coming along. We, yeah, we love you patrons and, and you really are responsible for helping us move into the studio when we, when we eventually do. I'm already there. We just haven't recorded there yet because Tony says I'm not coming until there's heating installed. Which is <laughs> um, fair. Which, which is fair. Um, but a few shout outs we have to do to, to one of our tiers of patrons. Uh, Benjamin, John, Absolute Hero, Craig, Rochford, Sam Whiteley, Toby Ward and Dean Cook. Cook. I'm saying Cook because Dean, you spell your name C-O-O-O-C-O-O-K-E. Benjamin John, that's one person, right? That is, that is right. one. So I just want to clear that up. I was at school with someone. What's he called? He was called like Freddy Freddy. Like, no joke. <laughs> what was his name though? Was it Benjamin Benjamin? Oh, it was Benjamin. Be- it was Benjamin Benjamin. Really? Yeah, his name was Benjamin Benjamin. He didn't have a good time, I don't think. I don't think he did, no. Yeah. Shout out if you're listening, Benjamin Benjamin. Um, but the rest of you, those patrons that we just mentioned, thank you so much for your support. It's great to have you on board. A few of you joined very recently. Some of you have been here since we launched our Patreon. But yes, you are amazing. If you guys are interested in signing up to the Patreon, put a link below. Um, or if you're listening, it's patreon.com forward slash behind the glass. Um, also, if you're watching here on YouTube, make sure to hit subscribe, turn on notifications so you don't miss future episodes. Uh, and as if you're listening, if I already... Uh, if you're listening... And if you're listening, as I already mentioned, uh, make sure to keep listening on whatever platform you're listening on. You'll edit that bit. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like I get worse at that whole intro spiel. As the, I, We need to get better at that. The Can't whole like pre-record it and then yeah. just put it in? Oh my God, that's such a good idea. <laughs> the upfront like admin section needs to be pre-recorded. And then music, it? then us. Yeah. I knew I had you on the show for some reason. Well, I'm a businessman. <laughs> okay, so let's pretend like that's just happened. So, boom, ba-da, ba-da, <laughs> and we're into the show. Um, and let's kick things off with big news, which is the fact that I had been on the AMG GT Black Series test drive. You did. With the rest of the world's media. Uh-huh. Um, and by this point, uh, that you guys are, are listening to this podcast, you would have hopefully seen uh, the review I did on my main channel. Uh, and we can now add to that we can we can explore my thoughts and my opinions because uh well i think i summarized it quite well on the day the thing is it's a very good car that black series it's a fantastic car i don't think it fits in with the character of previous black series in the sense that it's very serious it's too good well, yeah, it's too good, and, and, and they've lost, you know, the silliness. When I think of Black Series, I just think of, you know, burning rubber. Like sideways. Sideways, and just hilarity. Um, whilst this car is none of that. It's, we're going to hit the apex, and perfectly. And I said it on the day, and I said it to Archie Hamilton afterwards, and I've said it to you since. I think you only really get the enjoyment from that car, or, or realise how good it is, when you're at 10 tenths. Yeah. Everything's switched off. Yeah. Absolutely freaking on it. Which, which... Most of us would never experience. Well, I definitely was not confident enough to, to even go close to that on a press day. But even if I'd owned the car, yeah. I don't know if I'd be that confident. Yeah. I, I, you know, you've got to be someone who is on track all the time, yeah, quite yeah. highly skilled and prepared to take some risks. Then, essentially, which is yeah. why I think Archie loved it so much. Yeah, because I literally texted him because we were on different rotations, so yeah. we were there on different days. And so I texted him when he was at the airport after his experiences. How'd you get on? He goes, "Oh, mate, I thought it was the best 
road car I've driven on oh, track. Oh, he loved it. He loved it. Loved it. And then we started talking more and I said, well, I, I kind of, I'm amazed you said that because I thought that would be what someone like you would say. But for me, I reckon I would have had just as much fun or been just as fast in a GTR or GTR Pro. And he went, fair. you're probably right. Fair. Because I just, I, I, you know, it, it's, it's too easy. Like it's, it, and Shmi said the same thing. Yeah. Uh, it's too easy to drive at 75%. I, I'm distracted, by the way, viewers of YouTube, because Twiggy is currently destroying her bed. <laughs> yeah, I've been, I've been keeping an eye on Yeah, okay, well, we'll let her carry on. <laughs> Vicky will yell at me when she gets home and the whole thing's torn to shreds. <laughs> um, but yeah, sorry, back to the AMG GT Black Series. Now, arriving here today, you said something quite worrying to me. I did, yeah, and you shot me down straight away. I what, said, I what said, did you say? Hello, how are you? And uh, I said, uh, I want an AMG GT Black Series, and he went in on me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, you don't. No, you don't. I, I, I am very philosophical at the fact that they are going to not be list for long, because yeah. from what I hear, it's limited production, as all these manufacturers do now. They don't do numbered anymore really because they're a business and they're all about making money and if there's a demand for something they'll make it um so they'll do a production year a few years i think isn't it uh, really is it one year i just yeah. said it was a limited production run yeah i think it's a 12 month right. from what i know okay. i could be wrong but I, from what i know we I mean, will make as many as we can in this 12 months yeah as many people that are actually buy them yeah, which yeah. means they're probably not going to hold their money I didn't even talk about the the value of them in my in my main channel video. Just I think because, everyone knows me. Well, that's the thing. I th and and what was you know what's the point of me mm. going in on on the price? But I just my thing is when you said that to me, I just thought no, because I believe it will be an awful road car. I believe it will be a really awful road. It's too bumpy, too intense, too low, big old front splitter, just impractical, and ridiculous. Yeah. At which point have a GTR or GTR Pro because it's yeah. going to be a better road car. Yeah. And then when you do go on track, which let's face it, might be three or four times a year if you're yeah. lucky and yeah, sometimes yeah. in different cars because you are very lucky. Um, do you really need that performance that a GTR Black Series is going to give you over yeah. a Pro? I don't know if you do. Yeah, I mean, there's no... I mean, I say this to everyone, actually, everyone on track days, is that really... You go for your own enjoyment. There's no money at the end of the lap. No. There's no. It, You're not setting cares? records not everywhere setting records. you go. Like, who cares? And a friend of mine who owns a Senna, he does a lot of racing as well. And he said, the problem with the Senna, okay, fine, that's an even step further forward in terms of price and, and, and ability, mm -hmm. is that once you start to get really confident and good in that car and you're driving actual race cars, the tyre and certain parts of the car start to hold you back. And actually what you want to be on is slicks and, and, and aero. Of course, the centre has a lot of aero. But, you know, and so there's that balance. And of course, Black Series is about 50 grand cheaper than the actual AMG GT3. AMG GT GT3. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, you know, there's a saving there and you can drive it to and from the track, I guess. Yeah. But... I don't know. Do you see what? Do you know what I'm trying I to say? Exactly like, yeah. yeah, yeah. At you, some point, just buy a race car. You, yeah, and and you're right. So the the black series uh, is three hundred odd grand, right? We don't know exact amount, but it's three hundred odd grand. Apart from the fact you have to maintain it, you can buy a cup car for a hundred grand less, mm -hmm. and there is absolutely no way it'll be as fast as a cup car around yeah. the track. Yeah. Well, that's exactly it. So 
okay, there's a there's a cost involved in running a cup car. Well, there you go. And you can't drive it to and from the track. You get a trailer and you have yeah. maybe some mechanics and, you know, and bits and bobs. wheels and some... Yeah. 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 Fuel, Set fuel, up yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, So, yeah, I mean, it, it's just a confusing one. Like, you know... I'm sort of impressed that they made it. And it is, like, that's the thing, don't get me wrong, it is fantastically good. Like, it's so, so good. And the the confidence it gave me as someone who doesn't spend a lot of time on track to get into a 700-odd horsepower car for the first time around a track I've never driven on before and kind of feel like I could, you know, just follow the instructor really happily. That's impressive. Because I thought it was going to be a twitchy, leery, terrifying thing. But the the GTR and the GTR Pro aren't twitchy and leery, what people think, you know, like... The times that we've been out in them, and the 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 stuff that I've done in GTRs, and that people just think they're just a big merc and don't go round corners. But people are surprised, mate. I mean, they're yeah. they're absolutely fine. They're more than fast enough for the road. Two great car and a bargain yeah, yeah. at a hundred odd grand. Oh, I've got or one in stock now, a hundred <gasps> grand. Such a great car, and, and that's I think that's more my issue. I think you know. SLS to SLS Black Series, relatively large difference. SL to SL65 Black Series, huge. So, you know, all of these cars were quite significant differences. And, and, and whilst, oh, well, I guess you could say that the actual the GT Black Series is quite a big difference as well. But, but I just don't feel like it's warranted. I'm going to pause for a second and yell at Twiggy. Twiggy, <laughs> Twiggy come here. Quiet, come here. Come here. Uh, oh, she's come here. <laughs> she's literally, that for the last 10 minutes, been destroying her bed in circles. And Vicky will absolutely ruin my life if she comes home. And the dog has destroyed her very expensive, floofy bed. She's, uh, she's looking at me like, you're an idiot. And while Go we're on. talking about AMG Black Series... <laughs> so why are you talking about puppies? Go on. There is, there is another car that's a hundred grand cheaper than that car that does exactly the same thing. The elephant in the room that is the... 620R McLaren. Oh, I was going to say GT2 RS. <laughs> no, 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 but with that as well. But right. what I'm saying is if you want a full-on track car. Yeah. I mean, that's another extreme... Good point. On top. Good point, good point, Because you can bolt slicks to that car and you're off. And you're really off. I mean, and that must be just unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah, because that's a GT4 car with road tyres, essentially. You can reset it up at the track, bolt slicks on. It's 200 and... I think it's a quarter of a million quid, right? I mean, I don't know the exact pricing, but it's... Is it more? No, no. You're looking at me like... I'm just, I'm kind of like speechless because you're actually right now presenting somebody with the idea of buying a McLaren instead of a Mercedes. No, 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 had no. That, had that, have you realised what you're saying? No, 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 no. But what, I'm, <laughs> what I am just trying to say is there is another car that's... There are options is what you're trying options. to say. And the options yeah, yeah, include yeah. a McLaren. You've just admit, like, you have yeah, to yeah. admit, you've just... And, and there's a there's a there's a piece there, but what I'm saying is, you want something, <laughs> don't you can't. And there's dig a GT2 that. RS. No, I can. Sure. Because what what but the point I'm trying to <laughs> secretly you want a 620R? Don't no, you? I don't. Yeah, you do. You're turning. The point you've turned. <laughs> You're like, oh, McLaren weren't so bad. The the point I'm trying to make is, if you want something even more focused than the Black Series, buy a McLaren because. <laughs> <laughs> because you can bolt sticks on. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Like, Should we move and on? save some money. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, whilst I was there, something I want to touch on very quickly is uh, the, the new E63S AMG was also uh, on site during the press launch. Oh, going. Well, you know, uh, nor was I really, but I, I did want to have a go because, you know, come on. Like, it's went very for a cool. coffee. I, oh, no, I actually went for a coffee in the Black Series. Oh. <laughs> you clearly haven't watched my video. No. <laughs> <laughs> so the wagon I went out in, you know, very nice. They've kind of supposedly made it a bit more usable because do you remember how harsh the old 63S was? Very bumpy Hugely, and yeah, huge. Yeah. And so they tried to sort of make it a bit more easy. 
Ah, uh, okay. In comfort, it's a tiny bit softer, but in race mode, it's st- or sport plus, it's horrifically. And harsh what ride. about the infotainment system? Well, that is mind-boggling. So I did actually film Better? an entire point of view, almost like a tech review. Like I felt like a tech reviewer. Um, I don't think I should upload it because it's the world's most boring video. But maybe I'll put it on this channel if people want to see it. It's unbelievable, but totally unnecessary. I think. Okay. I think I counted something like thirty-seven different menu screens on the actual dash, like the dials. There are four different options for the di- the look of the dials. So it's still complicated. Oh my God, not just complicated, but like you would spend two days setting it up before you drove it anywhere. Okay. And then they do this thing called this like, you know, um, uh, what would you call it? Augmented reality? Anyway, as you're driving on the sat nav, as you get up to a junction, a, a, a live stream from a camera at the front of the car pops up on the screen and it positions arrows on the road in front of you to help tell you where to go. Kind of weird, right? It's hard really to explain. Weird. I should send, I should show you. Like, like, like night vision. Yeah, but but with with arrows, arrows. <laughs> <laughs> it's so distracting. Really, the amount of times I need drove into poles or straight over roundabouts because I was looking at the screen, forgetting that what I was watching was actually what I'm doing and that I need to react. But mate, that, that's like them wing mirrors that are cameras. Same thing. Yes, Just same thing, but worse. I mean, this was worse. Okay. So I think they'd gone too far, but it also was quite impressive. I mean, I, the fact that I could film a 12 minute video sitting in a car talking through menus. Quite impressive. Yeah, sure. Anyway. Um, now, the big news whilst we've been away, not recording, the big, big news is, of course, the unveiling of the new BMW M3 and M4. Correct. Now, we've all seen this coming. We all knew what was going to happen. We were getting those awful nostrils. <laughs> but I don't think anyone quite realised how horrific it was going to turn out to be. Well, I think it looks good. No, you do not. I do, yeah. I think it looks all right, mate. And 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 I think that people will very, very quickly get used to it. It's just because it's a different front end. Like, are you drunk? Have you been drinking? No. You I, like McLaren and you like that new M3? I don't like McLaren. I'm just saying you it's said an option to the If you had series. any money right now, you'd buy a 620R. I didn't say that's that. That's what you said. No. You want to sell your 488 for a 620R? No, that's not what I said. It, I'm getting a juicy 2RS. That's all the car. It's the only car I want. All right, fair enough. Um, okay, so sorry. Go back to it. So you like this car? The look of this car. I think it, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm going to go marry it or nothing. But what I'm trying right. to say to you is that it's not as bad as everyone thinks. And, oh, I, and like I disagree. I said, good, well, good, because otherwise we wouldn't have a podcast if we thought the same thing. It'd be boring. I mean, people love the fact. I mean, we disagree on everything. Your choice of car is terrible. Mine's no. good. Oh, that's just a disaster. <laughs> I would say you have no class. You just like new things. Exactly. You like new shiny things that you can drive down the King's Road. <laughs> The thing is, right, so obviously the car looks weird as hell. And I agree, I think we will get used to it. Like with anything, when the 620, uh, sorry, 720S launched, we all went, oh my God, what's that? And now everyone goes, oh, it doesn't look so bad. So I don't think we'll get used to it, especially as they roll out those nostrils across the range, which they're going to do, right? For sure. Um, I've seen a couple of M performance cars, which, you know, look all right, sort of Halford-esque. Some of the exhaust setups look appalling. The bit which everyone's missing is how's it going to drive? Because would you agree that, the M3, does year on year get better? Uh, you mean model on model? As model in, on model. Yeah, yeah. Of yeah? course. Yeah? Of course it gets better. I think that car will be a, because it's got the X3M oh, engine. Don't look anymore. at me, mate. Don't look at me. Really? Yeah. Oh. No, I think it has got the the 500 horsepower X3M engine. Sure. Okay. I've, I've done little to no research on okay. this car, as is, as is normal for this podcast. I mean, the, one of the lads I work with's, 
knows the engines, as in sure. The a- 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 yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, he would be shit. He's called an S something. People oh, are going to be going in on us. Okay. This is why I hate this podcast. These guys know nothing. Yeah, <laughs> but they still watch. So, <laughs> so uh, it's five hundred horsepower, I think. So I think it will be a little M5. And if it drives like a little M5, it will be unbelievable. X-drive yeah, we car. love the M5. Yeah. We absolutely love it. I went, interestingly, I watched a Harry's Garage, Harry Metcalf for the yeah, other day yeah. with the M5 comp. And I was like, oh, grab it. And he didn't like it. And I was like, oh, that's so confusing. I, I, I mean, it's the whole thing. Horses for courses, right? Or different for horses sure. for different courses. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, yeah, because we really, we're big fans of that car, mm. but I guess not for everyone. So yeah, I'll be interested to see what they do with the M3. You would think that it's going to be pretty nuts it, it has been increasingly getting better i feel like that old shape i started off hating that previous m3 but by the time we got to m3 cs and things i was like oh it's, it's all right isn't it actually yeah um so yeah intriguing all over like once we get behind the wheel i think it's got a drift mode doesn't it it's yeah yeah mode. they don't they don't normally get it too wrong bmw yeah. i know they changed to electric steering and everyone went crazy but porsche was the same when they mm. went to electric steering everyone went mad but they don't normally get it wrong, BMW. They do make a good car. At least they're not going down the route of Mercedes with the C63, putting the two-litre engine in the C63, coming out the A45 and putting a hybrid system on, which is terrible because the reason why that car's so good is because of the Noid. It's that V8 car. But the new car's not that. At least Whoa. it's still got the three-litre it's also not just noise. It's also just the engine's character, like the performance yeah. and the character of an engine. Like, th- take all the noise away. A V8 and a V10 perform very differently when you accelerate, when you push. Like, they do. They've got different characteristics. Yeah. So, um, you know, that is an important factor. And, and I think with the, you know, 718 Cayman was a prime example of that. Yes, it sounded disastrous, but it was the fact that the actual performance engine was just a, was just a bit sort of unengaging. You know, it was just point and qu- squirt, wasn't it? There was never much like exaggeration to the performance it just was just go yeah yeah stamp, stamp on it and go yeah fair. um so yeah so so m3 m4 i agree i think we'll get used to the looks but for now i think it's horrific <laughs> so. i don't think it will sound too deceptive it'd be, obviously it'd be quiet because of the new filters but yeah. in terms of actual engine noise i don't think it'll be too dissimilar to the current m3 m4 in terms of noise i think it's a bit quieter but i think bmw do some of the best internal Am, you know, exhaust amplification. Yeah, through yeah, the speakers. Yeah. Because let's face it, that's the world. That's the way we're. Get, that's the world we live in now. All these manufacturers are going to have to amplify or create fake noises, engine and exhaust noises inside the cabin. Yeah, so, so I'm going to save it. Yeah, so very, very briefly going back to the Black Series, what did you think of the noise of that? Uh, the worst sounding car I've ever heard in my entire life. I think it sounds terrible. Oh, it's awful. I mean, it's, it's yeah. genuinely. It. I mean, it doesn't sound, and, and it's not just the filters on that. Okay, fine, the filters are super restrictive, but we've heard plenty of cars with filters who've sounded better and been able to extract more. Yeah. But it's also the in-cabin noise Correct. is appalling. Yeah. Super, super synthetic. Yeah. Tinny. It's just not the right noise, not Me the noise too. you I want. Me too, I thought that as well. Yeah. And, and, and with all of these regulations coming in, the only way that manufacturers are going to be able to get emotion is inside the cabin with, you know, fake sounds, playing yeah. sounds through the speakers. And, th- and that's fine. I'm totally up for that because, you know, I'm in the car... 99% of the time so I don't need to hear what it sounds like from the outside but they need they need to work on BMW one of the first to do that yeah exactly with the M cars so I'm hoping that they're going to have done some good work for these new mm. M3 and M4 now I want to come on to something which I tweeted this week because I was perusing Auto Trader as I do daily hourly just looking at whips saying, what's going on what's, Fair. what's out there and an interesting comparison came up uh, which I tweeted about and got some interesting results on which was 996 Turbo Brackets mm. Turbo S mm. manual mm. versus nine nine seven point two 
GTS. So we're talking Porsche 911s, people, just in case you weren't aware. Uh, we're getting pretty nerdy and pretty specific here. So point two is the PDK car. Is the PDK car, but I'm talking about manual again. Two okay. manuals. Okay. So I feel like the 997.2, which is the second generation 997, uh, GTS is often heralded by Porsche aficionados and automotive journalists as a pure 911, one of the greatest modern classic 911s. People just kind of go nuts for it because it was the first official GTS. Yeah, yeah. This real sweet spot, 997.2, had the reliability, had the PDK, as you said, like it was this kind of like uh, amazing sort of package that people really hark back to is it was the right size, it was the last true 911, yeah. blah, blah, blah. They'd sort the engine out by then. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So it uh, often gets heralded, but... Um, I would say prices of them have been overinflated in recent years. They have, but they're a good car, mate. Like I said, I said this quite a long time ago, and you went in on me, amongst a couple of other people. Not many, but that's when I think that Porsche really, really found their feet. Around that time, 09, right. that sort of time, when they bring that new Before that, in. they were crap, right? No, 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 they were good. <laughs> but what I mean is, is that that's when Who they... Who cares about Le Mans? No, <laughs> no, but that's when they, in terms of road cars, that's when they really got it right. Yeah, then, this, this kind of era. sweet spot of reliability, all-round performance, affordability, usability, affordability. Okay, fine. Now, uh, I'm kind, of, I'm kind of with you. Yeah, but but I still think the fact that. 997 GTS manuals have been floating around the 75, 80 grand mark. It's too much money. It's way too much. And they have softened off a lot. And you can find some PDK cars now, maybe sub 50 or around 50. Still quite a bit of money for mm. what is fundamentally not a GT product car. It's not a motorsport bred car. It's the ultimate version of the 997 Carrera S, essentially, all the nice bits that you could spec on it. Um, but it is, it's just looked upon very fortunately. And there weren't many manuals because PDK was so hard right now, uh, back in the year that it came out. Um, I, I think it's an interesting one. But then when you look at 996 Turbo or Turbo S, which you can find from, I don't know, let's say 35 grand through to maybe 50 grand, it, it represents a completely different ethos, completely different mentality. Fundamentally, the same chassis, because they didn't really change the chassis between 996 and 991. The 997 shared that same chassis. Um, and it's been unlooked, it's been looked unfavorably on the 996, hasn't it? Really, ever since it came out. Or overlooked. Oh, yeah, overlooked. Go well on. Um, but I think, you know, to get a Porsche 911 Turbo or Turbo S for 50 grand, like that, surely like that's pretty cool, isn't it? Well, I mean, it is, but you get a 997 for that as well. Gen 1. Yeah. Would you, what, what, why would you get a 997 Gen 1 not a 997? Because a 997 is just a better car. Just better, just more refined. It's just a better car, mate. Mm. Yeah. As, as they normally are, it's like comparing a, uh, you know, a 991.1 to a 991.2. The, the 991.2 is just a better car or, or a 991.2 to a 992. It's just better. They don't, they never make them worse. They make them better. Do you think that the 996 is starting to grow into its looks? One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. 
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Uh, you're so the wrong person to ask. No, about this. I'm not. <laughs> I, I, you know, I really like the looks of the 4S. Yes. 996. Ooh, starting to really, that's starting to become a cool little car. Not, it is, yeah. Not, um, I thought it was always cool, to be fair. That, sure. That, that I thought you said all Porsches were crap before the No, night. but the looks. <laughs> sure. The looks. And my cousin had one new, long time ago. I think we talked about this in your, mm, we how, did, yeah. how Tony became a baller episode. <laughs> <laughs> Rags to riches. Oh, yes. <laughs> was that the title? No. 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 <laughs> I can change it if you want. No, thank you. Sure. Um, so I never really liked the front because it was a bit boring, but, the rear of it, but that's really the only the only nine nine six I like the look of. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I think I, there's something about the turbo which I because I like that era. I like that sort of late nineties, early noughties era. And obviously, nine nine six turbo or the what would be the rival to the three sixty? Not the GT. Would the GT three have been a rival to the three sixty back then? Uh, two thousand and two. No, that would have been the CS. Yeah, that would have been the CS. No, exactly. it would have been. It that's not the, is the RS a rival for the CS? Because th- wouldn't Maybe you the say yeah. a GT3 is a rival to an F8? Oh. <laughs> no, the, I, I think the 360, the turbo would have been the rival for that. Yeah, that, that's, that's what I was about to say, but then I went turbo naturally. I suppose it may be, I'm going to sound like an idiot. No, again. no, no, you're right. No, yeah, so 996 yeah. turbo. So I just like that kind of era. And I think it's it's people are starting to kind of clock onto them a bit more. They're representing potentially cheap or affordable ways to get into 911s. And yes, they do have their issues. Yes, they do go wrong. But I thought it was an interesting question to ask or something to look at. You know, this held of this, this godlike 997 GTS when actually for half the money in some situations you can get a turbo, a the 911 turbo. The problem is now, mate, is your 35, 40 gram, 50 gram, yeah. that, that, I mean, you can get a 981 Cayman or a 981 Boxster. Yes. It depends what you want fa- though. But true, but mm. they are fantastic cars then. I still bang on about it almost every episode. That 981 GTS you had recently was yeah. just such a sweet thing. It's such a good car and it sounds well mm-hmm. and, and it drives good. Okay, it's not that fast in a straight line, but who cares? Like you said, sometimes it's not always about straight line speed. It's about how it makes you feel. And yeah, that they're just, it's such a good car. That, it was a huge leap that was from the from the 987 seven Boxster. Mm-hmm. And then they bring that 981 car out. And my God, like... I remember when I first started driving them and I thought, flipping hell, this is 
nearly as good as a 911. Instead of this kind of like poor man's way to get into the Porsche brand, it suddenly, became, it suddenly became a mid-engine Porsche. Like, yeah. oh my God. Like, this is a proper car. Yeah, yeah proper, yeah, proper yeah, car. Yeah. And yeah. if you put an exhaust on a S or a GTS, my God, do they yeah, sound fruity. they do, yeah. Remember when Paul Wallace was in his army tricks phase? Put army tricks on it's it. Still army it, tricks. It? Fully still in it. But actual army tricks rather than just generic, you know, <laughs> aftermarket exhaust. And I remember somebody put an arf, ar, ar, army tricks exhaust on a, I think it was a Cayman GTS and it sounded, I mean, it was illegal. Yeah. It was ridiculous what it yeah. sounded like. It's weird that some, that, you know, you put an exhaust on them Porsches and especially the GT stuff as well. Mm. I mean, they sound like old F1 cars. Oh yeah, like absolutely nuts. Mega. We've inadvertently turned this episode into a Porsche episode. Good. <laughs> <laughs> You're trying to make up from your McLaren loving earlier. No. Uh, well, talking of McLaren lovings, actually, it's a perfect segue because another event that's happened since we were last on air was the launch of the 765 LT. Actually, a big rival, the more sensible or logical rival to the AMG GT Black Series. Yes. If you similar think about money it, as well. Very similar money. Yeah. Very similar ethos, super track focused. Yeah. Now, I haven't driven the car yet. I am theoretically going to be driving the car at some point uh, in those conversations at the moment. So let's wait and see. Um, but I haven't driven it yet. So we're going to have to go on what everyone else said or thought. Um, a bit like with the Black Series, everyone only got to drive it on track and it's Silverstone. Yes. And, and from what I saw, again, I keep saying this as well. The normal road car version is good enough normally. Mm-hmm. The, the, the track version of the normal road car is only ever 10% better that you're never going to extract unless you go on track. But I would say uh, 10 years ago, uh, it unlocked more emotion, uh, a heightened uh, sensations, heightened sensations. So I'm talking about 458 to Speciale. I'm talking about 911 to GT3. Or sorry, GT3 to GT3 RS. Fair. You know, uh, 10 years ago, it, it wasn't, I mean, yes, you got, an improvement on track, but also the rawness of it on the road, the looks, the feel, the sound, the lack of sound dampening, etc. It made it sort of more thrilling. Yeah. Where now it's less because 90% of the time they're very easy to drive and very comfortable and you don't feel that kind of specialness, that inherent craziness. It's not just that, mate. Modern supercars now are so good. Mm, of course. How much how much more better? better <laughs> yeah, yeah. How much faster can you actually make them? And and don't forget, all these manufacturers, they are a business. Um, I know we had the big leap in performance in 14 and 15. Around McLaren's time, we said this before, mm-hmm. that we think McLaren are responsible for this big leap in performance because the other manufacturers had to catch up. You, you can't keep doing that. You can't, there's no more big leaps to have. For sure. Yeah, yeah. If, I mean, at, at this rate, in a year's time, every single new supercar is going to have over a thousand horsepower, which and is ridiculous. Under, you know, at what point when we was teenagers, you remember when the Evos and the Impressors were out and they were naught to 60 in four and a half seconds and you thought nothing's ever going to yeah, be as fast ridiculous. Or you get to four seconds. I mean, all the modern supercars now are under three seconds. And they're traction limited. I mean, they're literally limited by time. So I, I just assume everything's under three seconds. I don't, and, you know, there's no point. The, the figures that now impress me are like the 0 to 200s or the 0 to 120s. Yeah, and, and, and I saw on the, on the reviews of the LT, they were, they were banging on about 0 to 124 in seven seconds dead. Well, the standard car's 7.5. So, it's, I mean, let's not forget that 
half a second is half a car length, mate. It's not worth talking about. So I understand that these manufacturers and the and the and the marketing and the press have really got to juice them up and make them sound like they're unbelievable. But let's not forget that the normal cars, they're all just as fast as these. We've said this before. They're all the same, mate. Remind me in a second that we didn't actually talk about the SF90. We have to come back to that. Speaking of a thousand horsepower supercars, yeah. but I, I want to go. Yeah, I, I'm going with you there because I, I'm a total sucker for marketing. Like I would choose a Pista over a 488. For I sure. like the fact that it just looks better, looks more hardcore, theoretically a bit louder inside the cabin, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Which, which which it does. But like I said to you, if you'd have been with us in Italy and saw the straight line speed between the two. You might have thought, well, actually, do you know what? I'll what? save myself 150 grand. I'll have the normal one. Well, and the point being, uh, if I drove a 488 for half a day, maximum 50 miles an hour around town and then pottling a boom, and then I got jumped in a pista for the afternoon and did the exact same thing, I wouldn't, I wouldn't notice the difference. Hardly it, any difference. If anything, it would be just a tiny bit louder, louder and rattlier. But it, apart from that, because the, the, the everyday usability of these cars has completely been leveled it's a total level playing field completely. so you're only starting to extract performance feelings you know characteristics at such a high level and that's for the standard car not just the special car yeah so then to extract anything from that special car you have to be going so far yeah. out there yeah um you know it's such an extreme and so lt 765 lt i'm going to be so intrigued to see what it's like because the 720s is a remarkable car in the sense that you can drive it around town and feel yeah. like you're in a Prius. Yeah. But then when you unleash the speed, it is mind-boggling fast. Yeah. I have never been in a 720S and gone, oh, I need a little bit more power. Yeah, I like, know. Never. And uh, I've never got a little bit more aero. But I uh, will admit that I'm certain that this car is very good. Yeah. I just, you know, your point being, it's a more holistic view of the automotive world is, is it necessary? Yeah. If we dialed everything back these special editions would be a little bit more fruity. Yeah. they they Listen, they have to keep doing what they're doing, but sometimes the marketing departments, for all the manufacturers, they get a little bit carried away. I often understand why mm. they do it, because mm. they've got to sell cars. It's mm -hmm, the whole, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know. But if you actually sit and look at it and look at the figures and, you know, especially if you drove the two, that's another problem as well. People don't necessarily get to drive the two cars. But if you drove them back to back, you'd think, actually, there's not really a lot of Yeah, difference. I don't know if I want to spend 150 grand and buy the GT4 Lusso. And the <laughs> yes. Well, you can't anymore because the Lusso's gone, isn't it? Forgot to talk about that a few weeks ago. Oh, no, I didn't know. We're all over the place in today's episode. Lusso, no, that's it. Production done. Finished. Really? Ready for the SUV or the FUV. Interesting. Yeah, so Lusso's gone. Ah, I wonder yeah. if that's, what, that's where... So they're still going to make the Portofino then? Yeah, because remember the Portofino Plus, whatever it's called? What, was it, what, what did we say it was called? The Portofino... Yeah, the uh, uh, M. M. Modificata. So Portofino's still there, Roma's still there. So the only V12 car will be the 812 then? Yes, and then uh, let's see what's in this FUV. I mean, mega, they put a V12 in it, to be fair, but it won't be the V8 uh, T1. And, and a hybrid. It'll be the SF90 stuff. Yeah, 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 you're right. It will you're be, because right. yeah. like, like Top Gear said, the SF90 is the start of the next 10 years for Ferrari. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you, and you kind of, this is their flagship yeah, car and that's what they're going to exactly do. it all rolls yeah. out from here which yeah. is fine so yeah so the, the the ferrari suv is coming the luso no longer exists and so therefore now is a perfect time to go and buy yourself a ferrari ff <laughs> arguably a complete bargain sub 100k as some of them are yes they go wrong so make sure you buy a good one yeah 100k um, to buy one and 100k to maintain no it. 
if you pop down to Furlonger, they do a fantastic job on the. Uh, it's, it's the front front wheel drive element or something that goes wrong with them. Anyway, yeah. Speak to Furlonger if you're interested. Um, but but what I mean, V12, four wheel drive, four seat. I mean that car. Future yeah. classic. Mark my words. Future classic. I'm just not rich enough to go and buy I'm one. I'm not so sure it'd be a future classic. <gasps> you are wrong, dear sir. Um, anyway, uh, moving on to... Oh, no. Let's talk about the SF90. Because yes. we keep forgetting. Thousand horsepower. So we've mentioned it in a few elements. So Ferrari quite sneakily, I think just before COVID or just after COVID, flew out, I think, like 10 journalists from around the world to experience SF90. It was one of the magazines, Autocar, What Car, someone, uh, Chris Harris from Top Gear. Yeah. I think some of the Americano people. Uh, anyway, so very, very small group got to experience this new era of Ferrari, this hyper, well, this affordable hypercar, if that's what you'd call it, faster than a LaFerrari, a thousand horsepower, all this new technology, but in a relatively uh, affordable price. You know, all the modern supercars are faster than a left though now. Well, yeah, but do you remember that amazing sort of story that came out a while ago, which was 430 Scud was quicker than an Enzo around Ferrari's own test yeah, track? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. I mean, everything's just, you know, but it's the rate, rate, line. rate of progress. You know, you know, straight line, a laugh would absolutely destroy all these modern cars still though, even now. What, what uh, I was watching one of those drag races. There's so many of these drag races out there now. Something blew me away. It was something that you would expect to be fast, like Turbo S versus 918 Spider. No, do you know uh, what I think it was? It was on. a 720S and a 918. And, and the 918 absolutely just drove off. But uh, but it's sort of, uh, yeah, it, it's at a certain speed it then goes, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, again. Yeah, yeah, it goes again. Um, uh, what were we talking about? SF90. <laughs> 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 the thing is, with all the hype, all the this, for some reason, something about the car doesn't excite me that much. I'm not interested, me. I don't know if it was the that Charles Leclerc video. Remember that one around I Monaco? Do, yeah, yeah. It just suddenly was like, Ugh. it didn't pull at your heartstrings at all. Didn't pull at heartstrings at all. No. Like the clips of it, everything going on, and then Chris Harris's drive, I thought was interesting, where he seemed to suggest that. Remarkable engineering, the drift control, etc., was kind of bizarre but amazing. Turn everything off and it's going to kill you. Yeah. Which is, you know, the small element that you want, but who's going to be brave enough to turn everything off? Yeah. Um, but I remember reading an earlier piece than the Top Gear piece, which essentially said, like we've been banging on about for two years now, actually, it's too much. Like, it's, like all much. of these other cars, unfortunately, the opportunity to extract the performance you're just never going to come across it. Yeah. It's never going to get the chance to extract a thousand horsepower from a mid-engine Ferrari like that on a public road. But it's it's how they sell cars. And because they're mm. on that wheel now, they can't just suddenly go, oh, we bought a car out and it's 400 horsepower, go and buy it. Wouldn't it be amazing though? Wouldn't it be amazing if, I mean, Ferrari never going to do it, but wouldn't it be amazing if any of these big manufacturers came along and said, you know what guys, we're going back to our, and we're actually going to, Build a car, it's 1,100 kilos and it's 450 horsepower and blah, 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 blah. Like, I, I would fucking, and it's 110 grand. TVR comeback. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just, I, I can only wish and pray and hope. Uh, but yeah, SF90, unfortunately, I, I wish I, I mean, God, I would love to have a go on one at some point because it's hashtag it's a Ferrari. But yeah. But in comparison to a lot of other big name, big hit of Ferraris that come out over the years, it's not one that I'm sitting here desperate to have a go in. I'd prefer to have a go in an 812 GTS. Yeah, yeah, there's a few of them in Monaco, actually. Oh, all right. There's a few of them. Cool, good about. to know. You've been so, checking the hashtag? Well, uh, I mean, they're everywhere, aren't they? Sure. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, moving on, talking about uh, convertible cars, which the A12 GTS is, let's talk about roofless cars and windscreenless cars. Because joining the Monza, uh, Elva, uh, Speedster clan, Lamborghini have been caught testing a windscreenless, roofless what? I don't know what you call those cars. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, I know exactly what you're yeah. talking about. Yeah, it's like a uh, kick car. Yeah, kick I mean, like, the Monza was kind of like, okay, like, cool, Ferrari. And people bought them and drove them. And it was like, oh, this is kind of cool. Like, I see them power slide lovers out there. And you see them on track. Like, it's cool. And then McLaren bought out the Elven. It's like, well, are you just copying Ferrari? Yeah. <laughs> like, then Aston came out with the speech. And was like, what is going on here? Yeah. And now Lambo are joining the party. But I think Lambo didn't mean to join the party. I just think they forgot <laughs> to put the windscreen in. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. There was a, a technical error down the pit lane. Um, I mean, I, if I had all the money in the world, would I be interested? I guess, I guess maybe I would. I don't really? know. Well, no, I don't, I don't know. I don't like, these cars are so... I would have a Monza. That's the problem. I'd have a Monza. I think I think it's been beautifully done. I think it's cool. I think Ferrari got the history and the heritage. Everything else just seems like a copy after that. I'll just have a laugh. Yeah, okay, fine. It's got, yeah. <laughs> got a wind screen. I've got to wear a helmet everywhere. Yeah, you? yeah. You're not going to get wet. We don't know any details about this Lambo yet. Um, it's obviously going to be super limited. There we, is another we, Lambo coming. Yeah, this, what's it called? Siesta? No, S- no, no. No, no, no. Oh, no, no. Oh, the Huracan Homologato. There, yeah. Yeah. So it's on Super Trofeo Stradale. Road car. Yeah. Super, yeah. That's the Stradale bit. Yeah. If you don't speak Italian. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, I don't, actually. <laughs> Funny, I mean, I barely speak English. <laughs> so we, we talked about it. I hate you so much because we talked about this about four months ago. Yeah. I teased it. And now somebody else has told you, you've gone, oh, Sam, listen, I've heard about this amazing car. <laughs> but, but, you forgot uh, I told you about it three no. weeks ago. <laughs> no, I've known about it for ages, but I okay. remember us talking about it. Yeah. I mean, I don't want one. I told you about it. Yeah, but but other people are talking. Maybe telling me back. No. <laughs> Sam, listen to this. Yeah. I don't um, think that's the first time I've done that either. I have another friend as well who's been considering going back and forth on it because he races uh, the actual Super Trophy. Fair. So he's like, cool, why don't I get a Stradale? And I was like, really? Yeah. It'll be cool. Hey, the Gallardo Super Trophy, I mean, we're repeating ourselves, but the Gallardo Super Trophy Stradale, arguably the best Gallardo, most sought after, always looked and sounded incredible. So I have hope. I have hope because I think the Hurricane's been a great car for Lambo. Yeah. The Evo we know has had its, you know, it's been yeah. overlooked. But 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 I'm I'm excited. I, I can't wait to see what it's like, you know. But the Evo's been overlooked because everyone's waiting for the Performante version. Still haven't had a go in a Performante. Oh, no. Shocking, though, isn't it? Well, not well, shocking. I don't but think like, you'll get in it. But. <laughs> I don't fit in Lambos. No. Um, now, to finish things off, I want to talk about some F1 news. Because the previous episode, for those that tuned in, was my chat with Charles Leclerc, which was... Has freaking it gone amazing live? and awesome. Yeah, don't ruin the time continuum, but yes. Oh. It has gone live. Okay. People would have heard it. La- last it. week, Tony. Oh. People, people would have heard it okay. last week. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, super cool opportunity. Such a nice guy. Uh, obviously put together by Shell, so huge thanks to them. Um, so a bit of a controlled environment. It wasn't literally like he was here with us in my flat. Uh, but still, nice to have a chat and get some of his thoughts. Uh, but since then, we've had some pretty huge news in the world of F1 that Honda are quitting. Yes. Now, I think I said this in a few F1 specials or at some point in the year when I said, I think COVID, coronavirus, is going to have a huge effect on Formula One. And I think we're just starting to see that now. Well, uh, I don't blame Honda for coming nope. away. Because nope. they all they get is bad press. I mean, it can't help their their um, ability to sell cars. And, and let's be honest, 
How many Honda Jazzies do they sell on the back yeah. of F1? But not, I mean, since their Red Bull partnership, I think things have been going very well. They've, yeah. had, they've had victories and they had, what, what, do you remember that race in Brazil last year when Pierre Gasly out-dragged Lewis Hamilton yeah. to the line? Like, yeah, yeah. So I think there's been a lot of positivity since they have partnership with Red Bull. But I think in the global economy, uh, everyone's under pressure and to warrant hundreds of millions of dollars or pounds to go to motorsport is already tough. But secondly, to a motorsport which is not looking towards the future. Formula One is still, you know, behind in that sense. Yeah. Where, you know, they're trying to be carbon neutral by 2035 or something crazy like that. But, you know, it, it is kind of a different technology to what the rest of the world are doing. Mm-hmm. I, I think all of these manufacturers, we've seen Renault have changed their name to Alpine because all of Renault are going to be EVs over the next few years. Yeah. Alpine are going to remain their enthusiast brand with a naturally aspirated engine. Therefore, that's why it makes sense for Alpine to have the team, not yeah, Renault. Yeah. Um, Mercedes, there's been a lot of sort of back and forth over the recent years of, are oh, Mercedes still going to stick around? Um, Ferrari, I don't think are going anywhere, but have told us, have sort of made it very public that because of the budget restrictions, they're going to start looking into other forms of motorsport as well. So all in all, I think it's a very concerning time for Formula One. I think everyone celebrated when they signed this Concord agreement, which is the sort of binding agreement, which sort of sees the future of F1 theoretically locked in. And then Honda go, well, actually we're bailing. Yeah. And you hear, you know, Williams had to sell themselves. Haas, there's a big question mark over whether they're going to stick around. Uh, Alfa Romeo's, you know, sort of ownership of Sauber. Like, there's a lot of question marks over a lot of different things. And I just worry that that Honda news, a bit like back in 2008, when Honda, Toyota, Renault, etc., all bailed, kind of worry we're slightly headed down that path. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I... I mean, you're more of an expert. Yeah, it's a bit of a nerdy subject. But but, but for you as a casual fan, how important is it to you to have manufacturers in the sport? If it was all Haas and Williams and White Door, F1, you know, would you care as much? Like we've got Aston Martin coming in. Yeah, I think uh, as far as I'm concerned... F1 is manufacturers. As, yeah. You know, there are the odd team, obviously. But, but yeah, I, I, I always associate F1, uh, uh, the, the pinnacle for manufacturers to, you know, exploit what they can do. And and Mercedes have done that unbelievably over the last few years, which is why they've dominated. And, mate, let's not forget, it does filter down into the cars, by the way, because Mercedes is doing a fantastic job on their road cars at the moment. They're making some great cars and and um, Ferrari not so... The, Ferrari are weird. If they're doing well in the F1, they make terrible road mm-hmm, cars. Mm-hmm. And if they're do, making good road cars, you know, vice yeah, versa. Yeah, it's a famous sort of, you know, weird. thing. Yeah, they, they can't seem to, to d- separate themselves well yeah. enough. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's... I agree. I think it's always been important. I think it's always been nice to have manufacturers and I kind of wish more were involved in the sport. I think it's great that Porsche. Aston Martin are coming. Porsche. Well, the VN, VW Group in general have just always been sort of hands off. They've all been like you know, tin no, top. Exactly. No Audi, no Porsche, no VW, whatever. Yeah. Ford obviously disappeared, you know, back in the early noughties when Jaguar yep. went, you know, no Cosworth engines. Um, you know, so, so many, I mean, Lamborghini had that sort of dalliance at one point with, with engines with McLaren back in the day. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah there was a f- couple of Lamborghini engines, but, but that's when they were tied up, I think, with Chrysler. Anyway, um, so I would love more manufacturers. Bentley. I would love it to be, yeah, Bentley versus BMW versus yeah. Porsche. It would be so cool, but that's Formula E. It is, and I don't know if I heard a little rumour that maybe BMW were going to come back in with some engines to replace Honda. That would be very interesting. Well, the big question is, is who are 
who are Red Bull going to go to for an engine supplier now? And, uh, you know, you've got to think they burnt all their bridges with Renault. Mercedes are never going to want to give them a power unit because it's too much com- competition. And Ferrari as well, you'd think would be like... You wouldn't want it. No, <laughs> not at the moment. No. Um, so, so that's the big question. And can they bring in, can they tempt in a manufacturer to, to come and, and build engines for them as an exclusive? Uh, if I was Red Bull, I'd be going to BMW and writing them a check and saying, it's blank, help yourself. See, the thing is, I wouldn't. If really? I was Red Bull... How long since they won the championship? 2013? With Vettel, yeah. Vettel yeah. yeah. Eight years? Eight years? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Seven years. Seven years since they won a championship. Been very competitive, but been held back. If you bring in a new manufacturer to develop an engine, that is at least two, if not three years of development. How do you know they're not working on it now beyond the scenes? Would be amazing. Mm. Would be incredible. Maybe that's the truth. Red Bull said, Honda, we're not going to renew with you. And Honda went, fine, we're going to bail. Fine. Or, 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 I mean, or the way that business yeah. works, this hasn't happened overnight. Honda yeah. hasn't just said that it's just been made public. Sure. That this sure. has been going on for a long time. Yeah. It's just been made public. Yeah. So I'm sure they've probably already got a plan, mate. I would hope so. But I, I think it's very unlikely that it will be another new manufacturer coming into the sport. I hope it is. I hope it is. But I think it, I think it's unlikely. Um. But I think it's important for Red Bull to ha- to be competitive. Yeah. Because they've been up there. If they, you know, because also I think it wouldn't take much for uh, that team to sort of go, you know. Well, they're Mercedes' main rivals at the moment. Yeah. So well, yeah, exactly. For sport, at for least. sport, we need them right there. Yeah. Anyway, I think that's a good time to draw close to today's, uh, today's episode. It's been good to catch up and chat through things. I'd love to uh, hear your guys' thoughts, as, as always, on the various topics that we have discussed. Correct us on what we got wrong, because I'm sure... The whole lot. Yeah, everything we got wrong. Uh, and we will be back uh, soon. A few episodes coming up. Uh, very exciting. Potentially one also on the road. But fingers crossed, uh, we're going to be in the studio soon enough. For I'm going to just say it now for Series 4. Let's just call it okay. Series 4. You know, When Series 4, though? Yeah. <laughs> when is it? Well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so give this video a thumbs up if you're watching here on YouTube. Make sure to keep listening on whatever audio platform you're listening to on. And as I say, if you're interested in Patreon, because it's an amazing thing, uh, head over to patreon.com forward slash behind the glass. Catch up with you soon. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 